control. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, entering our second decade as the number one Irish tech podcast with the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. We're on air with RTE and online via your favourite podcasting app, be that podcast with Apple, Spotify, TuneIn and so on. Uh, we also keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. As always, I'm joined by our editor, Niall Kitson, and this week, as we had International Data Protection Day on Tuesday. Uh, we're looking at how private your data really is. And if someone like Jeff Bezos can get hacked, which we'll tell you about, my hopes are not high. Uh, but let's start off now with uh, the UK. We've had this thing where Donald Trump has been going on about Huawei and that they're the, the devil incarnate and they should never be allowed into a network and they're trying to pressure the UK to chuck Huawei out. And the UK have just kind of gone as they tend to do. No, we're not going to do what we're told. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, uh, let's take Huawei in. What's uh, how how far are the UK letting Huawei in in building their five G network? Yeah, happy uh, International Data Protection Day. Um, yeah, okay. This has been the story for a long time. As we all know, there is a, a trade war between the US and China. Huawei is a massive telecommunications company, big seller of handsets, big seller of networking equipment. And uh, I guess that sort of puts them in the firing line on these things, um, in part because of the trade war, but also in part because... You know, do you entrust your telecommunications network to a country that uh, potentially has very nasty intentions towards you? Because China has a has a big um, uh, hand in Huawei, big investment. So uh, the US has said for a long time, okay, we are banning the sale of Huawei uh, equipment in the States, which is reined in progressively every so often to sort of get this vague stay of execution, if you will. Um, In the meantime, you know, Australia banned them outright. But in the States, there is this sort of light at the end of the tunnel that Huawei will be let back into the market. Um, While all this has been going on in the UK, they've been going, okay, we need somebody to uh, help build our 5G network. Uh, We're going to need routers. We're going to need basic equipment. We're going to need all this stuff. And uh, Huawei happens to sell it. So, hello, Huawei, you're going to get our business. And of course, this uh, America has said, ho, ho, Hang on, uh, you can't do this uh, because one, we're having a trade war, and two, as Senator uh, Tom Cotton said, it would be like allowing the KGB to build the UK phone network during the Cold War. Oh my goodness. I don't think there's any uh, exaggeration there at all, is there? <laughs> well, you know, uh, as Boris Johnson uh, said during, uh, either during Davos during the week, anyway, he, he said basically, well, what's the alternative? Exactly what I was thinking as you were saying that. Well, you know, what else do you do? It's kind of like, you know, can a country ban Apple products because they fear that the American government might be listening into them on their phone? You know, or who is even listening in on your phone? And it doesn't matter what you've got, whether you've got Android, whether you've got Apple, whether you've got something else. Da, 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 da. I mean, pretty much it came up in conversation during the week. Um, it's your phone is listening to you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we know and, this. And we try this. We try this by talking about things that we would never normally talk about. And within a few hours or usually a few days, bam, there's an ad for that very thing. Or, yeah, but also the point is, who is the competitor in this rather specialized field? 
who has the capacity to actually fulfil this contract? Uh, well, oh, come on, there must be tons of people. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you think Cisco can do it? I've, I've no idea, but there are a lot of large tech companies and, you know, kind of people buy it. No, I would say that there is definitely uh, lots of other people there who are capable of doing it, but maybe Huawei just uh, have the right gear. They've got the right price. They've got, a, I don't know. I'd say price has an awful lot to do with it. I'd say probably so. Anyway, the UK have decided to to go with that and best of luck uh, to them. Um, What I wanted to find out about from you was about Jeff Bezos. Now, because he's now he's more on our level. Oh, yeah, sure. The world's richest man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, definitely well, no, on our what level. I'm saying is, no, we're, we're talking about Huawei and it's a Chinese company. It's a multinational corporation, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Jeff Bezos, like you and I, is a human being. Unlike you and I, uh, he yes. is the world's richest man. He's very powerful. He's very influential. You would think somebody like that will be well protected when it comes to privacy. Not so. If Jeff Bezos isn't, what hope do we have? So what happened to Jeff? Yeah, well, I mean, we know the story at this stage. Um, Jeff uh, Bezos had a, a conversation, shall we say, with Mohammed bin Salman, who's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, when he was over uh, in the States doing sort of a, a little bit of a charm offensive uh, with US companies. Um, apparently, the two, or rather someone purporting to be Mohammed bin Salman, uh, were sharing a very pleasant WhatsApp com- uh, conversation. Uh, a video was sent to Jeff Bezos. He clicked on it, and apparently this unleashed some class of malware onto his phone, which resulted in all his text messages and pictures being scraped and um, sold, I guess one imagines, to AMI, which is the company that owns the National Enquirer, uh, who in turn threatened Jeff Bezos, basically blackmailing him, saying, you know, we're going to publish your pictures. Bezos got ahead of the story and said, uh, here's my stuff. Yep, this happened to me. Could happen to anybody. This is life. Uh, of course, it resulted in, you know, the fact that he was having an affair being made common knowledge and ultimately possibly the world, the world's most expensive divorce from his wife. Uh, yeah, I think she's in line to get something like 480 million or something like that. Listen, do you know, I, I remember hearing about that divorce and the colossal amounts of money that they were talking about. Do you know, if you have that much money, would you care? You wouldn't miss it. Seriously, I know I mean, you wouldn't miss it. In I, real I, terms. You know, like half a billion has gone. Even even if you had like a billion and, yeah. she, you know, kind of your partner, whoever it was, ended up getting half of it, you'd still have half a billion. Would you care? It would hurt, I would imagine. Well, I mean, it would on hurt a reputational your level. Yeah, it would certainly hurt your ego. But in terms of what you wanted to do in life, yeah. I don't think anyone needs, you know, 500 million or... <laughs> no, you know, no, just no, no. To, anyway, but so that, that's what happened Jeff, right? Now, if that can happen Jeff... What are the chances of it happening to us? Tell me about WhatsApp, though, because, I mean, that WhatsApp is supposed to be, you know, kind of a, a Mr. Security and everything's encrypted and yada, 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 and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, this is something WhatsApp have always said and always made it sort of uh, kind of its unique selling point is that your conversations with us are encrypted end to end. And it's partly what got it into trouble with um, other countries. And, you know, I, I think WhatsApp is banned in China. I could be wrong, but I, th- I think it is. Um, similarly with um, BlackBerry Messenger uh, for years, they, they kept messages on their own servers um, and uh, they said, OK, you can't get to it. Sorry servers are ours which got into a lot of trouble in India if you remember that story goodness at least seven years ago now yeah 
But uh, and Apple with uh, iMessage says, uh, yep, all, all our stuff is encrypted end to end, so you can't get to it even if you wanted to. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, so WhatsApp, yeah, always said our um, our messages are encrypted. If you have a group, that's fine. Messages are only going to stay within within the group. If somebody wants to surveil you, sorry, we we we're not into that. Mm. Um, but uh, in the past year. Kind of strangely enough, one might say, uh, WhatsApp reported 12 security vulnerabilities, seven of which they ra- were rated as critical to the U.S. National Database of uh, U.S. National Vulnerabilities Database, which is basically a repository of, you know, everything that went wrong with software in the past year. What were the problems? Um, how were they fixed? What, to what severity were they? And it's a, a very useful, um, uh, very important um, facility to have. Uh, I think every country should have one. Uh, but the fact that seven critical vulnerabilities were import, were reported makes you wonder, like, if they were that critical, how long were they actually knocking about in the app? Because in previous years, they reported maybe one to two problems, you know, not a lot. Things humming along quite nicely in WhatsApp land. And then all of a sudden, 12 vulnerabilities, seven of which are super, super important, ended up being reported. Is that because they've been there all along or was it there was a, a bad software update or what? We don't know that. Um, and I guess there is an awful lot of embarrassment on that part. Facebook, uh, which we know own WhatsApp, came out and said, look, uh, whatever happened to Jeff Bezos, not our problem. Uh, it's uh, an iOS problem because he used the app on, on uh, an iPhone. Uh, and of course, you know, there's been a bit of back and forth on that going, well, you know what? iOS is actually pretty secure more secure than android uh, which would have been the alternative uh, so no it's it's your app in all likelihood uh, what are you going to do about it do you trust whatsapp i do trust whatsapp but i trust it a lot less now uh, that you have said uh, what you what you've said about uh, jeff being being hacked yeah well i mean it's a very human thing i mean you know some somebody you think is a, is a mate or a mate of yours sends you a, a thing and it's, you know, written with a regular message. Like, you know, it doesn't say, click my photos for a good time or something yeah, like you, that, you, you know? you would expect something like that. Like, you know, kind of, you would expect something to go from A to B, whatever the communication is, whether it's a, a letter or an email mm. or whatever yeah. it happens to be, and for there not to be a copy somewhere. Yeah. Or certainly not a copy that people could access. I suppose with email now, of course, it's all changed. Everything's sitting on servers. Um, anyway, yes, that's, that's what I would expect. But I think more and more, I was, I was just thinking the other night about all of the stuff that I have collected over the years. And I'm talking about now books and movies and music and albums and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. I don't have any of it anymore. You've offloaded everything. It's just all of this stuff that I collected and that I had and that I was proud of and they were my possessions. And it was the kind of thing where, like movies and stuff like that, I was thinking of with with Netflix and all of these various services, all right? The good thing Mm. about having a DVD was as long as you kept that disc and you kept a DVD player, I could quite happily sit down in 40 or 50 years when I retire and watch that darn movie. Yep. You can't say that about online services today because will Netflix even exist in 50 years time? Probably not. You know, so kind of but we don't have ownership of things anymore. So I'm not just talking about those pieces of media, but I'm also talking about we don't have ownership of our email. 
Um, the way Dropbox is going, but, you know, rent a terabyte, don't keep any data on your own laptop, keep it on our servers. You don't even own your own data anymore. It's off kept somewhere else where somebody else can get at it. And I don't, I'm, don't particularly think it's a good thing, but that's the way things are. Uh, okay, well, let's unpack that a little bit, okay? Uh, if you want to own something, there are still plenty of ways in the world that you can go and own stuff. Plenty. You can order DVDs from Amazon. You can, even better, go down to your local record shop if, if you still happen to have one. Um, you know, you can still buy books in regular shops. Uh, I, I still buy a, a healthy flow of printed matter and, and DVDs mm-hmm. because if something is physical and in front of you staring at you mm-hmm. to, to be consumed it's, it's a far more compelling option than what? having a list that will open if you if you open an app oh true but right back at you how long are bookshops going to last how long are the music stores going to last you know uh, how long oh, are oh, DVDs I, going to last I think they are going nowhere anytime soon really yeah. All right. Now, yeah. And immediately I think of Jean-Luc Picard uh, sitting on the, on the deck of the Star Trek uh, ship Enterprise. There's no way he's got a book or DVD. There <laughs> is. He had a bound copy of Ulysses when he went on, on holiday to Riza. Ah, but that was on holiday. Yeah, yeah. But I get the point. I get the point. OK, all right. So even in Star Trek, there are books. There is hope. <laughs> there is hope. But listen, let's, let's flip it around. Don't be flipping things around on me. Let's flip things okay. around on Jeff Bezos, OK? Because yeah. he is the owner of Amazon. And mm. you think that Amazon will be nice and squeaky clean. Uh, 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 uh. No, no, this is this is true. The, the man is a victim, but also a perpetrator uh, in all manners. Privacy, uh, you know, being a little bit facetious in that comment there. But uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Amazon's ring uh, uh, home surveillance system, I suppose. Yeah, you know, little sort of cameras built into your doorbell, all, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, well, they're controlled by an app, which apparently has a whole load of issues uh, of its own. So you have experience of using some manner of home automation devices, don't you? Yeah, I do. And here, here's here's what I think is weird uh, with Ring. I haven't gone for a Ring thing because I, I know, yeah, oh, this feels handy. You can stick it on the thing, on the on the door, and it'll monitor people arriving and stealing your Amazon packages off you. Um, <laughs> or you can be, you know, kind of on holidays in Spain and still see who's uh, knocking at your front door. I thought, what I find strangely strange is that you've got to pay in the region of 50 quid or some whatever it is a subscription for your doorbell. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this where we're going? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The automation thing, I yes, I've gone now. I have to say, I did get some smart plugs and I have them wired into lamps. Uh, and what I really like about it is, is that it connects to the Wi-Fi to find out what time dusk is at. And then when dusk falls, it will turn on the lamps and then it automatically turns them off at uh, whatever time after midnight. Okay, right. You're well, not worried about these things dialing home and going, well, you know, Dusk was at this time and Dusty was well on top of it today. I just, no, I'm not worried about that. What I am, what surprises me is that just the fact that my lamp has to call into some server, probably in South America somewhere, God knows what, to find out what time to turn itself on at. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, kind of like in our parents' day, they would just lean over and turn on the lamp when it got dark. <laughs> yeah. Are we actually moving on or is it technology for technology's sake? You know, in, in many ways, it's fantastic. And I, I watch lots of things about uh, people with these automated homes and smart homes and stuff like that. And they could just clap their hands and the curtains will close. It's like, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the best sort of technology in this is invisible. Mm. It's not about clapping your hands. It's about just being able to do what you want to do mm. and not noticing that something had to happen in the background to make it happen. I suppose. I suppose you're right. But listen, tell me about Amazon and mm. the kind of information they do have on you. Yeah. So Ring, uh, apparently they're they're in the background of their app, the electronic front, uh, the electronic, uh, the EFF. Yes. Frontier <laughs> Foundation. Yes. That's it. The Electronic Frontier Foundation. Um, they uh, uncovered a couple of thir- third party trackers. So it's not just Amazon finding out what you're up to. It's their mates. Um, so in particular, they found uh, they found four that they were talking about recently. Uh, one was called Branch. Another was called App. Oh, goodness. The name of these things. Uh, Apple, Apple Slayer. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, another one was called Mix Panel. At least I can say that one. And uh, Facebook. And basically, one of them was per- personal finance apps. So uh, I don't know what the interest there is. Um, but the but the other three we know have an interest in building what you would call a digital doppelganger. So it's like you they wouldn't necessarily know Dusty lives here and he does yeah. They would go user uh, user number blah 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 lives here and does blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know for users in this area we can do blah 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 to send them to send them stuff. Uh, now um, Mixpanel is slightly different in that they find out that user is actually dusty. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's not going to take a genius to put uh, all those pieces of data together. Go on. No, but it's it doesn't take a genius. But we have a little thing called the GDPR, uh, which requires you to actually opt in to this sort of service. Um, and ah, we, ah, 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 pardon me, what a laugh. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Go on. <laughs> no, no. In fairness, do no, you I'm, really I'm, think that? Okay, so maybe, maybe you've got the likes of Amazon or Facebook or Apple may pay attention to these things because they're such big uh, conglomerates. But do mm-hmm. you think the millions and millions of small little players are going to give a darn? Uh, do you think that the millions and millions of hackers who are going to break the law anyway give a darn about GDPR? No. Okay, look, let's put hackers to one side because that's that's not part of our conversation. No, that's what just, is part of our conversation are the small companies, the marketing yes. uh, insights companies that have been doing very well, thank you very much, of the American idea that you create the data mm. on their platform, therefore the platform owners own it mm. uh, and can do whatever they like with it. Uh, now, these days are going to come to an end because a lot of these companies are based in California, which has passed a version of GDPR. Uh, not the same but a version thereof. Uh, and also, you know, in the EU, if if you are handling data belonging to EU citizens, uh, you are responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there is that as well. So all these little marketing research companies, they can come out um, and say, you know, we are compliant. But I'd say if you look under the hood, there's a lot of stuff going on that you, you'd be able to say, OK, well, look, somebody might have clicked I accept on that, but I accept might have related to 20 cookies. <laughs> yeah, I know. How do you know? <laughs> I know. The, the the thing that drives me nuts about the browsers these days is that I'm either getting a, a pop-up that says uh, to enable cookies or it's yeah. a pop-up to say to enable notifications. Now, yeah. when you're going through the internet all day, every day, you just tend to click yes when you see these pop-ups. Yeah, because you don't you don't know what's going to happen if you click no. So, well, I did you know what I do because quite often now when it says uh, do you want to enable cookies, yes or no, and I usually click no. And what happens? Nothing. 
important pro tip there. There you go. Uh, but then uh, what I have done is, you know, something will pop up and it'll say blah, 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 something about cookies and I'll just click yes, whatever. Um, and then it's no, it's not. It was actually to enable notifications. And then all of a sudden then on my computer screen, like the following day, I'm seeing notifications of this bloody website, which I then have to figure out how to turn off. Yeah. Well, so I think what, notifications what, are a fad. Oh, I am just waiting for the day because you don't know what you're clicking when you click that enable cookies thing. You could yeah. be clicking, yes, download the virus onto my computer. Well, for all the all the attention that people pay to them, uh, I imagine so. I mean, some some sites are very good at at least showing you what you're consenting to. Mm-hmm. A, um, a lot of sites aren't, but I, I, I just think it's an it's an interesting area. It is. It certainly is. We, 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 we'll see. Listen, That's I, why we're talking about you today. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, uh, one of our favourite uh, privacy advocates, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> My special laugh for them. Um, they actually have been uh, trying some new privacy features and apparently in Ireland here, and it's gone very well, and now they're rolling it out globally. What, what exactly were they trialling? Yeah, they're trialling a little something called uh, uh, off-Facebook activity. So if you go into your privacy settings, you'll see something for off-Facebook activity. And it basically summarises the information other sites uh, and applications have about you that are sort of link- linked into your, your Facebook account. Um, and uh, it gives you the opportunity to clear that sort of information if you want to. So it gives you the ability to sort of to have a look at and control what uh, third parties uh, have on you, which is um, it sounds quite useful. It begs the question, uh, how are they getting this in the first place uh, and why are we letting them? Uh, but of course, we, we know we know how and why. Uh, it, it's just um, it's a nice little thing to make you a little bit wiser about what's there. But how many people will actually go and use it? Very few, I would imagine. Yeah, how many I people think so. actually know that it exists? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it was trialed very successfully over here, so it's getting its global rollout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, they didn't get enough negative feedback to say they should can it or anything like that. Which is probably to say that you know you didn't notice it. But again, this speaks to the point that the best technology is technology that isn't noticed. You should have your privacy by design. You should not have to worry about this stuff in the first place. All right. And I think that's what I've been saying all along is that you don't have your privacy by design. No, by design, anything you do. In fact, I would say anything that you do is public information or accessible to anybody else. And you would actually have to make think about this for the week. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about what a concerted effort you would have to make in order to do something in secret. Right. All right. Whatever happens to me, you know, keeping in mind, like if you send somebody a text, if you send somebody an email, how do you communicate? My thing is really, it's back to the old, uh, uh, the Watergate days. It's like you would literally have to meet somebody in an underground car park and whisper in their ear. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Well, uh, I, I know I'm being extreme or maybe a little bit funny, but you would need to have face to face conversations with people. Uh, with a mask over your face, well, assuming I, that, I, you know. I, I, Yeah, because you don't want to spread the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Like, uh, just think about that for the next week and come back to me next week. If you wanted to do something that you really didn't want somebody to know about, all right? And it, and it could be, I don't know, if you're having an affair and you don't want your partner to find out about it. Uh, if you're doing something dodgy financially and you don't want a revenue or your bank or your partner to find out about it, whatever. Just think about that, all right? And how could you actually be sure that you will not be tracked? 
Because even using your own computer, even using your own phone to do anything tracks you. Even having your phone on your person while you are off somewhere tracks you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you I, know what I mean? I, so I, 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 I know I'm jumping into, you know, major paranoia here, and I'm not really that paranoid a person, but I just kind of think, especially after our conversation today, is just assume everything you do is public to a certain extent. And you would yeah. have to do something very, very, you'd have to be very, very active in keeping something private. Yeah, but the, def- the defense there, uh, and, and has been for quite a while, is that there is so much noise out there. Like 90% of the information in the world was collected in the last two years, and most of it is noise. It's very difficult to sift through. So unless somebody really knows what they want... There's sort of a a kind of a protection of crowds kind of sets in. Well, I don't agree with that either, because I I would be exactly the same as you, Okay, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you say to yourself, all right, sure, nobody's going to find out or how will they know or blah, blah, blah. All right. But Mm -hmm. it's when some because everything is recorded, then it means the ability is there to go and find that information if somebody wants to dig. And it's mm. quite funny, like you see it on the detective shows on TV and such, you know, just some random person gets gets run over by a car or whatever. And maybe it's an accident by somebody who's not a criminal or whatever. But then you see the police and they're kind of going, OK, well, that's where it happened. OK, so now we'll then use all the CCTV cameras that are around in the town to try and track that person to see where they went. And then that person will either use a phone at a certain time and then they will be able to look up from the phone company records all the calls that were made in that area at the time. Or uh, they were got into a car and they're able to track it by the car reg number or whatever it's amazing when you dig what you can find we talked to a guy oh years ago and his name is frank he's an american he's living in europe and he was talking about skip tracing and how he can find people wow i remember that show that was frank not frank oh wow i'll tell you i read that guy's book and it was just wow the things you can find out about people because they leave a digital footprint are just stunning. So that's why I say, assume everything is public or somebody can discover it. You would have to work very hard. That's my thought for the week. So Frank Ahern, that's who that's, it was. That's who it was, yes. Look him up on Google, Frank Ahern. Buy his book. You can get it on, 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 on Kindle uh, and it's not expensive. Find out about what he does. It's just amazing. What he, and he is just one guy. Do you know what I mean? He's like kind of a, a virtual or a digital private detective, if you want to. He's, he's not part of a huge corporation. He doesn't have any special access to anything. He just has ways and means of, of finding things out. Very talented gentleman. A very talented and a very fascinating uh, gentleman. You just reminded me, I must email him and see <laughs> how he is or where he is or, or whichever happens to be. Listen, uh, uh, we've only got two minutes, so I just want to ask you very quickly about uh, uh, browsers because Google, you know, when we're talking about this whole privacy thing, uh, Google Chrome comes in for a lot of critis- criticism. Because well, they all do. Well, they all do, but I think particularly Google Chrome because, you know, so many people use it. Uh, and the fact that Google's business is advertising, so taking the information about what you're looking at and data and all that kind of stuff and then feeding it into an advertising thing. Um, there is a replacement for uh, for Google called, uh, what is it, DuckDuckGo? Yeah, well, it's an alternative. There are a couple of alternatives out hmm. there that, that sort of uh, pride themselves on on 
privacy. Hmm. Uh, DuckDuckGo is one of them. Uh, you used what was another search engine or another uh, browser? No, there's another browser out there who's, who's trying to get into this privacy uh, side of things. Brave Browser is what it's called. And uh, what they're trying to say is, look, our business is not advertising, so we're not going to be tracking you for, for that kind of information. But then again, you wonder if their business is not advertising, what is their business? Yeah, like is it a subscription thing? No, it's not. It's absolutely free. Which gets huh. me back to the old uh, the old phrase: if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Mm, yeah. yeah, somehow yeah. or so. So anyway, after our uh, International Privacy Day, or Data Protection Day and privacy and stuff like that, um, I am of the uh, position that uh, things are less private than they ever were. How about you? Well, you've gone and got me very paranoid now, so... (laughs) Ah, yes, I'll have to do that in the description. Warning, listening to this podcast may make you paranoid. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. All right, listen, thanks for the chat and uh, keep us up to date on all the things that are happening in and around International Data Protection Day. Remember, you can get the lowdown on uh, that and all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie. And of course, make sure you listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, thank as always for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.